We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chase Down Podcast presents A City of Champions, a seven-part series chronicling the Cavs' 2016 NBA championship. With help from fans who cheered against us, reporters who covered it, and the players who watched it, we'll take you game by game through the most improbable 3-1 comeback in championship history. Be sure to subscribe to the Chase Down Podcast to relive the greatest series we've seen in our lifetimes. One dribble steps back, puts up a three, won't go, rebound tip taken by Spades, final seconds, it's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again! The Cavaliers are NBA champions! The series begins Thursday, April 9th. Blue Wire. Breaking news, Terry Rozier. He'll be the next starting point guard of the Charlotte Hornets. Step back, wide open, and it's good! Terry Rozier! All right, welcome in to another Buzz Beat. This episode is brought to you by our partners, Bet Online. Visit betonline.ag and enter code BLUEWIRE to receive your 100% welcome bonus. By supporting them, you are also supporting this podcast. On today's podcast, we're going to get into a listener question slash topic to start the show. And then we're going to end the show with something fun. Uh, if you guys ever want to get a suggestion or a topic, uh, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, if you just want to keep your name anonymous, you can always send us a DM as well. Uh, Brian, Spencer, you guys getting stir crazy yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, just, yeah, too much, too much time inside and going on the same walk every day. Uh, and, and nothing, no basketball to take your mind off of it. So, but this is our reality and, uh, we'll, we'll do the best we can. So we're, we're forging on. Uh, y- yes and no for me. It's like uh, at some point in my early 20s, I became pretty good at just sort of like spending the day doing nothing, you know, like watch a little TV, watch a movie, uh, you know, text some friends, whatever. Um, and so, you know, read a book, listen to some music, podcast, whatever. So I- I'm still finding there to be enough stuff to do to keep my mind busy. Um, a stack of books that I usually don't get to until the summer and fall. Now I'm able to crack those now, which is kind of cool stuff that I got, you know, for Christmas or whatever. And, um, and up to this point too, obviously I miss live basketball and it's, you know, it's crazy to think the playoffs would be starting this week and man, what a bummer it is to, 
to not have NBA playoffs, but I've, I've watched basketball every day um, for, for a month, for over a month now, yeah, obviously draft stuff, but, um, but I've been going back through trying to write some of these preview pieces for next season for ACC basketball. If you can sort of project out what even a, a, a season could look like next year, you know, um, public health, um, you know, considered. So that's been fun. So I've been going back and rewatching Virginia, Louisville, um, some Virginia tech games, and uh, so some of that stuff's been for draft and other stuff has been for trying to like project out towards next season. So, um, you know, I miss seeing my friends and I miss being able to like get coffee or beer, go to the art museum, but like inside my own house, like, I don't know. And I miss the YMCA a lot too, but you know, inside my own house, I'm pretty, I'm luckily I've got space and I'm pretty comfortable actually. Yeah, I'm like you, Spencer. I've gone on the same walk, it feels like, for every single day. I am getting my steps in, getting my miles in. I was talking to Brian prior to the recording that I'm probably getting like five or six miles a day just taking Beckett on a walk. Uh, And I actually have not watched as much TV or movies as I thought I would, just kind of staying busy with with Beckett. Uh, But I have watched—I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. You guys have watched Tiger King, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you guys watch any of the after shows with the Netflix after show? And there was one on Fox the other night. Not yet. Okay. Well, don't don't watch it. There's nothing. There's not any kind of big revelation in those. It's it's not worth your time. But I I, I maybe in the minority here, but I think that Tiger King might just be a little overrated, and that it's getting a lot of ratings just because people are stuck in the house all day. Oh, I mean, I agree. Like, I mean, it it was absurd, obviously, right. and, and I got some you know, some entertainment value out of it, but like, yeah, I mean, it has a captive audience and it sort of like captured the collective zeitgeist as like the first, you know, viral entertainment property of the quarantine and the uh, physical slash social distancing, right? Like it had to see a, a significant bump because of that. Yeah, so let's go ahead and jump into the episode here. Uh, We had a listener question topic that uh, he wanted us to talk about, and uh, this part is probably the the one basketball-related, Hornets-related topics that we're going to talk about today before we get into something fun on the back end of this podcast. So we're going to start off with this first question. One player that you thought would be a bust— but turned out to be a decent pro. So one player that you might've been a little bit low on, uh, but they ended up being better than you thought they were. Now, again, this could be Hornets related or non Hornets related. It's really up to you. I try to keep my answers as close to Hornets related as possible. Every single one of these topics, I can kind of tie back to the Charlotte organization. And this question, actually, I was kind of it was the toughest for me because I'm the most skeptical with draft picks. I'm never really too high or too low on a player. So for me to come out and say that, that I think this guy is going to be a bust and then he actually turns out to be a good pro, that doesn't really happen with me. Not because I'm wrong. I'm, I'm always right. It's just because I don't really have the guts or the confidence to come out and say, say that about a draft prospect. So I'm going to actually take us back to the infamous 2015 NBA draft. That was the draft where we drafted Frank Kaminsky. I actually wanted Justice Winslow or Miles Turner, but one player that was linked, yeah, one player that was linked with us during that time, and maybe it came out 
after the fact, so it might be kind of a revisionist history type of thing here, was Devin Booker. And at the time, I, I vaguely remember me not being so high on Booker. I don't necessarily think he would have been a bust per se, but I definitely wasn't all that high on him. And, and when people were suggesting him for the Hornets, I definitely leaned more Justice Winslow. And I probably even leaned Frank Kaminsky over Devin Booker. So I'm not... I'm not too proud to admit that. Uh, I was skeptical maybe of his length and just kind of what position he would defend on the next level, but he did turn out to be a really good pro. He got his first all-star this past season, albeit on a replacement uh, with an injury. So that's the one player that I was not high on. I didn't necessarily think he'd be a bust, but I definitely was not as high on as people thought he would, and he turned out to be an all-star type of player. Brian, what about you for this question? It's interesting, just to backtrack, it's interesting you brought uh, those guys up, too, because I two weeks ago I rewatched the 2015 title game between Duke and Wisconsin. Uh, as you remember, Wisconsin beat Kentucky in the Final Four. It was the only loss that a stacked 2015 uh, Kentucky team had all season. But just so fun. I mean, Kaminsky was really good in the title game. All, all season he was really good at Wisconsin, but just so funny to see him still with those little twirls and spin moves and floaters in the lane uh, that we became so accustomed to seeing uh, during his run in Charlotte too. Yeah, I wanted Justice Winslow uh, badly. And I can remember at the time going back and forth with some people on Hornets Twitter who uh, thought, you know, Justice was too similar to Michael Kidd Gilchrist, actually. Uh, it certainly took Justice a little bit of time to discover, you know, his, his jumper and um, his playmate, his on-ball craft and stuff like that. But, yeah, I really wanted Justice. And uh, it's crazy when you go back and look at, you know, Booker from that 2015 Kentucky team. Like, he really was just a shooter and, and really the only shooter they had on the roster. But, yeah, so for my guy, I'll, with some of these, I try to stay pretty close to home, um, Hornets-related or ACC-related. So a guy that misses – I was a lot younger when this player entered the NBA, but I, I'm amazed that still in 2020, um, J.J. Redick is a very good NBA player, started 35 games this season. He averaged – 15 points per game. He's shooting 45% on threes. Um, to think about how much money he's made the last three years, last six years of his career, certainly basketball going through its spread revolution. I mean, that added an extension to his career, but he's become an amazing NBA player, almost 900 career games, uh, a lot of points, you know, almost close to 12,000 career points. And yeah, I just thought, at Duke, again, a lot younger, um, but I just didn't see this guy becoming a, 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 anything beyond a specialist in the NBA. It's certainly not one that was going to play, you know, close to 15 years in the pros. So uh, JJ Redick would be my guy here. He, he's he's made the playoffs every single year that he's played, correct? Yes, correct. And does he get this? Yeah, does he get this little asterisk here this season with the uh, the shortened season, or what, what's going to happen with that? <laughs> it's crazy because like they were kind of maybe trying to flirt with the, it's also like if Zion has been healthy all season, they would be in the playoffs, like, or whatever is, you know, if the playoffs even exist. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like he should get a bit of an asterisk for this, even if their odds <laughs> making the postseason were, were pretty low at this point. So Richie, I had Devin Booker as well. Really? Um, oh. Yeah. I, I didn't, 
I mean, it's all over. Queen City Hoops, you can go back and <laughs> read. I wanted Stanley Johnson over him. I didn't think he was going to be a bust. I don't think anybody thought Devin Booker was going to be a bust. He was very yeah. clearly the best shooter in that draft. But mm-hmm. just like with so many other Kentucky prospects, bigs and wings that don't play on the ball, it, that system doesn't allow you to see what they can fully do. I mean, I don't think even uh, – actually, I'm, I'm pretty certain even the people – that were really high on Booker didn't see him doing with the basketball in his hands what he's kind of what he's developed into. That was my main thing with him. I, I was with you too. Like I wasn't sure about him defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you just couldn't really. I mean, you could say yeah, he's going to guard twos, but he's going to be a, a below average defender, which he pretty much has been so far. But nobody saw how nuclear of a score. Uh, he was going to be on and off the ball. I didn't see that. So, and I liked Stanley Johnson a lot in that draft. Yeah, <laughs> I did So yeah, he was one of mine. The other one I had that I just thought was, I just thought he was not going to be on Earth. Like two years after being drafted, was Thon Maker. I just I, like we knew mm-hmm. so little about him. Came from the small school in Virginia. I just thought he had bust written all over him, and he hasn't been great. No, and yeah. we'll see if he he gets somewhere after Detroit. But like I was pretty adamant, like I wouldn't even pick him in the first round. Yeah. Uh, so so that was my other one. Yeah. So those are the two I, I took note. I've had a lot of other ones in my mind, but for the sake of time, those are the two I kind of circled. This is a guy that I still thought he would be like a, a good like a so maybe he doesn't fit this category, but like um, just going back a couple of years ago, I was trying to think of a more recent example. Again, one with a couple of North Carolina ties, but like, I just didn't think Bam Adebayo was going to become what he is now. That was a guy that, you know, Kentucky really just a post-up threat in an offense that was certainly ill-suited for him um, and dealt mostly with just De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk playing on the basketball. But um, I was not crazy about Bam coming out of college and he's turned into just, uh, you know, an electric pro and just like the future of the center position in the NBA, it feels like. So uh, I wanted to just throw him in here again as a, uh, not as extreme of an example as Redick, but certainly someone from more recent memory that I am like just astounded to see his ascent in, in such a short period of time for Miami. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on, from their online casino to poker and blackjack. They're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Um, Let's go to the next question. It's kind of a reverse of what we just did. One player that you thought would be good but turned out to be a bust. And I'm going to keep this one Charlotte related, and I'm going to go ahead and just chime up the music here. And now I would not, I'm not going to say that I thought that he was going to be this like superstar, but I was very content with this selection. I, I was not at all low on him. I wouldn't say I was like high, high, but I definitely was very happy with the pick. And he ended up probably, I guess you can consider him a bust, but here, here it is the, uh, the clip here. 
in the 2006 NBA draft, the Charlotte Bobcats select Adam Morrison from Gonzaga University. Now, I, I, I thought that he was going to turn into a solid player at that number three pick. He did go after LaMarcus Aldridge, who I was a big fan of at the time as well. Uh, Tyrus Thomas went right after him, which was which was funny, too, ending up on the, uh, the Bobcats as well. I thought just the way that he came off screens and he was able to score in a variety of ways. He was able to score behind the arc, getting to the rim. I was able to overlook his like athleticism and his defensive ability and hoping that maybe his offense ability would just overshadow that. So I will yeah. say that. I, I will say that Adam Morrison was a guy that I was would thought would turn into a good pro, but never actually turned it into anything. I, I, I don't know if you can consider him a bust. I feel like he wasn't as bad as people thought he was, but he was out of the mm -hmm. league pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, that that's a really, really good one, Richie. I think that even most of the experts in that draft and that was a really bad draft that was one of the worst oh, drafts yes, we've had in the yes. last two decades jj reddick also in that draft too, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. i mean lamarcus aldridge is like far and beyond the best player in that draft yes this point, i mean it, it was just a, it was an awful draft but a lot of experts thought morrison was going to be good there's actually a really good podcast uh chad ford is back which i'm very excited about and he has a new podcast with locked on network and they talked about that draft with a guest he had on Bill Simmons earlier this week. And, you know, there were some red flags about Morrison, but they were only like, you know, there were some mental health red flags. You know, Gonzaga really protected him. But I don't think anybody thought he was not going to come to the league and score at a high level uh, for a long time. Um, so that, that that's a very interesting one. But you were certainly not alone uh, in that basket. All right, well, I'm going to – Mission, if you wait, do you want to jump in and add anything to that, Brian? Just, just looking at the 2006 draft, just top 10 win shares. Yeah, Lamarcus way out in front. Number two, Kyle Lowry, the 24th uh, pick. Yep. Paul Millsap, number three, the 47th pick. Reddick, fourth. Rondo, five. Rudy Gay, six. Number seven in terms of win shares from the 2006 draft, Thabo Cephalosha. Um, number eight, a guy that, uh, if not for injuries, yeah, Brandon, uh, Roy. Brandon Roy would yeah. have been, you know, perhaps a Hall of Fame player. Uh, number nine, PJ Tucker, and then number fourteen, uh, Kid Ronnie Kid Brewer. I was, I was a fan of Brewer. I was a fan of Brewer. Yeah, I thought he was like the next. I thought he was like the next Josh Howard uh, coming into the pros uh, to to Utah. But uh, some interesting players in that draft. But you can just tell it's like. Man, uh, easily full four of the top ten players from that draft are picks, you know, twenty and twenty four and beyond, which is just like that's you know it's the sign of a weird, like unsuccessful draft. I feel like mm -hmm. I, I kind of feel like that's the draft we're headed towards. One similar to that, <laughs> you know, not a lot of. I mean, you know, seriously, like not a lot of talent at the top or not star talent, but there's going to be a ton of value in the late first round, early second round area. All right. I'll, I'll go to mine. Um, this is going to make you laugh. So Stanley Johnson, I already mentioned him. I love the animal. I love him. I, I, I lived on that Island for a while. Even <laughs> after he came, it was pretty obvious. He wasn't a great player, but he came out in the playoffs and said, you know, I can guard and shut down LeBron. I think that was the first, <laughs> yeah. first round series, one, a series against Detroit. Yeah, um, I, I still barely hold out some hope that Stanley Johnson can, can resurrect, but my most famous, like, I love this guy. I think he can play on the ball. He can play off the ball. He's a lights out shooter showed out in the NCAA tournament. 
you know, we'll see defensively, but I just think he's going to score and create and Nick Stauskas. I love yeah, Nick Stauskas. I love Nick Stauskas too, actually. I, I really was bullish on him as a draft yeah. prospect. He was, he was a bust. Mm-hmm. A few other names though. I, I love Dante Exum. Um, you know, we'll mm-hmm. see with him, but certainly it will never reach what a lot of people thought he could. And then Justin Anderson, he was picked 21st. I, I followed his whole career at Virginia. You know, he was sloppy with the basketball. I wasn't a creator, but I mean, his physical tools, he's a freak yeah. athlete. He learned to shoot his last few years of Virginia at a really high clip. Actually. I just thought he was, I thought there was no way he could fail in the NBA, and and he did. That would that one that one really. I, I don't think I'll ever quite understand that one. He, I just thought he Justin Anderson made my list too, and it just with his physique, it was like this guy can play the three or the four. Uh, you know, by the end of his career in Virginia, he was making threes that are really high clip, and it was like, yeah, he's going to be a three and D guy. That's the floor, and he's got some versatility because of his athleticism. So yeah, Justin Anderson made. Right. Uh, my list here, a couple other names to throw in there. This guy actually had a renaissance this year, and I think Zach Lowe wrote a pretty good piece about him, but Ben McLemore, uh, I loved him out of Kansas in 2013. Thought he was just like, you know, set up to be a, a, a really good high-scoring two-way wing, um, and obviously he's had a he's had an up-and-down career. I, I guess I have a type with, like, shooters, two-guard shooters, but Daquan Cook, you guys remember him out of Ohio State? Wow. Um, he was in the uh, the 2006 recruiting class with Mike Conley and Greg Oden. And for a period of time, all of those guys were, like, leaning Wake Forest. And then Daquan Cook committed to Ohio State. Conley and Oden Who did they lose followed. to in the championship? Yeah, they lost to Florida. Yeah, <laughs> Florida. The Gators. Talk about a great title game, too. You know, yeah. Horford, Brewer. Uh, Noah, obviously, Taekwon Dean, some some pretty good NBA talent on that. Uh, Chris Richards too. On yeah, that Florida. Well, that, that would have made the 2006 draft a little bit better. We were just talking about it, but all all those players came back uh, for yeah. another year. Yeah, exactly. And then they ended up being in a you know the thought of having Horford and Durant and what the one and three, yeah, two and three. I guess I should say in the 2007 draft is uh, pretty pretty nice actually, considering how. Those guys both just signed monster contracts the last summer, 12 years into their career. But um, uh, Daquan Cook, he, he played, he had, a, like, speaking of Durant, he was his teammate in Oklahoma City for a little bit, but faded out pretty quickly after that. Two guys who I think their bodies just kind of failed them a little bit. Um, Jabari Parker is a guy I covered when he was at Duke, and I just thought with his scoring ability and his athleticism, I, I just thought, he, uh, how can this guy not, even if he's ineffective defensively, which he has been in his career, it's like, how could this guy not score 20 efficiently a game? And um, yeah, blowing out both of your knees, <laughs> that'll that'll render you useless quickly. Terrence Jones, uh, who, was in the, who was starting to have a pretty nice little NBA career too, yeah. the Houston Rockets on those like early Harden teams. And it's crazy. He was in the 2012 draft after winning the title with Kentucky. And so like he would have been headed to his second contract in the summer of 2016, or maybe he would have agreed to an extension in the summer of 2015. Like his body failed him. He would have been a free agent during the like crazy cap spike. This is the guy that lost out on tens of millions of dollars because his body just failed him, which is uh, is a bummer. And then one guy that I'll say too early, I feel like he came along too early, but like um, Nolan Smith out of Duke in the 2011 draft, like an amazing college player. And I just feel like now the NBA is a little more friendly towards 
combo guards, shooters, caring less about maybe sort of like boxing him into a, a role. And um, so, yeah, Nolan Smith, I would add into him with a bit of a qualifier here, too. One more quick one I had, uh, Trey Lyles. I was, yeah. I, I was a big Trey Lyles fan out of Kentucky. I thought he was going to be your prototype power forward yeah. in the NBA. They could, they could you know, step out and hit threes consistently. Mm-hmm. I had a lot, and he did. He was more athletic than I, I think that a lot of people realize because he had a, a real thick frame, but – He's another one. I, I'm just not quite sure mm-hmm. where I went wrong with him. That yeah. Kentucky team had negative spacing. I mean, the 2015 team was yeah. awesome, obviously, but like Lyles, Collie Stein, and Towns as your three, four, five is like, I mean, again, negative spacing for them that year. Well, and, and in pure Coach Cal fashion, I mean, he, he yeah. never asked any of those guys to test their, yeah. their range. They just, <laughs> yeah. just like, all right, let's like get halfway to the rim, just throw it up there, and then yeah. all five of us are just going to crash the board yeah I mean, it, it, like volleyball the whole year it, it, it almost worked too lyle's is the guy i thought he was going to be like the long-term space four next to go bear in utah like that was what i thought was going to happen with him it's unfortunate I, for him I, I that like, like paul Millsap kind of you know just like he's more skilled than you think he is he can play with the yeah. ball in his hands he can hit an outside shot he's big he can defend a few positions like he's just he's crafty player and then it, it, his it, I mean, yeah, everything that he showed in the league just couldn't have been more opposite. The um, There's a guy actually got announced today that um, Jeremiah Robinson Earl will be headed back to Villanova for a first sophomore year. Pretty interesting 2021 prospect. He reminds me of, uh, of Lyles a little bit, actually, uh, a little bit in terms of his game. One last name that I would mention also to guy that I covered – uh, for a, maybe a, my first year, maybe when I was still in college, we started covering the ACC, but uh, P.J. Hairston, um, who's a guy that I thought could at least come in and just be like a spot-up shooter in the NBA. And, um, I mean, he didn't even see the Hornets declined, I think, his third-year rookie contract option, which, like, God dang, that well, basically never happens, you know? You'll hear a lot of chatter now that teams can't get guys into the building, work them out, interview them, just be around them. Um, PJ Harrison is, and he's an outlier because that guy had so many off court issues. You just, you couldn't even add him up. There were so many, but I mean, talent does take backseat to character and off court stuff sometimes. And I think PJ Harrison's got to be, I mean, it's certainly Hornets related. I mean, that's example 1A. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, just, I saw him up close at UNC, versatile shooter. And so I just thought, I don't know, I thought there would be a spot for him somewhere in the league, but that uh, that that did not happen. But a part of the uh, the Courtney Lee trade that helped uh, the Hornets the, uh, the last time they played in the postseason, a deal that feels like it was 40 right, years yeah, ago, not yeah. four years ago. Well, I mean, this month feels like it was forever ago. But yeah, <laughs> good point. Um, so let, let's go, let's switch it up and actually let's go to a part where you actually were right about somebody. So somebody in the draft that was either undervalued or was drafted lower than maybe you would have projected and you ended up being right about that player. So those first two questions were players that we were wrong about. So prospects that we just couldn't get right. So I will tell you this, in the 2011 draft, I even have a receipt of, I actually might've even screenshotted this and, and sent it to you guys. A friend of mine found an old Facebook post of mine, which I think I still have my Facebook open, even though I don't really use it. But I suggested that the Hornets, again, I'm going to keep this Hornets related, that the Hornets draft Kimba at seven and then Kawhi Leonard at nine. That's when we drafted Biombo at seven and, and Walker at nine. 
I think, you know, Kawhi Leonard, he went 15th overall in that draft, which is, you know, right outside the lottery. It's not, it's not, you know, low, but I feel like he is somebody that was overlooked in that draft, maybe because of the conference that he played in. People were skeptical of his outside game. And I was all in on his intrigue and him being able to put it all together. You know, his rebounding, his defense was something that you know, or that you knew that he would bring it right away on the NBA level. And he did, guess what? He did develop that in-between game. He did develop that deep shot. He's always been in that mid to upper 30s from behind the arc. So Kawhi Leonard, top five player in the NBA, drafted 15th overall in the same draft that Kimba Walker and Biombo were drafted, both ahead of him. Uh, and that was, a, that was a decent draft, too. Kyrie Irving was in that draft, Clay Thompson as well. Very good draft. Yeah. It's a very good draft. So I was high on both high-ish on Kimba, but it definitely I, I saw more intrigue in, in, in Kawhi, and I don't know what it was, why he slipped so far uh, to the Pacers, who eventually traded him to the Spurs, but again, people overlooked him, and, and I will say that I do have receipt of this, and I think I even sent you guys this text, but uh, I was I was higher on Leonard than maybe he would have gone uh, in that draft. What about you guys? Uh, I got a couple. That's a, Kawhi's a great name to throw out there. Um, it, it's one of those things. It's like uh, Chip England's the shot doctor for the Spurs. He played in Duke. Was one of the on the, some of the first Coach K teams here uh, in Durham. Um, you want to talk about like an asset, like a, a franchise asset that's just worth uh, its weight in gold to have a guy that can help have the light go on for Kawhi as a, as a shooter and you know just a life changing franchise altering move for for Kawhi and for a variety of different franchises uh at least three of them now um a couple names i'll throw out there look we're only you know 60 70 games or whatever into this guy's career but brandon clark i mean come yeah, on you were high. like the, he was he was number one on my big board for the hornets last season um fell to what 24 in the in the 2019 draft it like he was a monster at Gonzaga last season. I think it got lost in the shuffle for a couple of reasons. It was happening concurrently with Zion. He wasn't shooting any threes and just people like weren't staying up late enough to watch Brandon Clark play. <laughs> but like he was have he really was have, he put together in 2018, 2019 at Gonzaga. Um, I mean, really one of the best seasons of college basketball in the last two or three decades. That's how good he was. Um, and he's been amazing as a rookie uh, with uh, the Grizzlies and looks to like he's, you know, if he can last, if his body keeps up, like he's going to end up being one of the you know, 10 best players in this class, I feel like. A um, couple other names that I'll mention real quickly. Spencer, you and I were going back and forth about one of these guys online uh, earlier in the week, but Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, I think he's one of those guys that everyone, uh, you know, maybe people do this with Draymond Green now too, but just you have these really, really good players that fall into the second round and you know, everyone wants to say that they were in on them. But, you know, Malcolm was a great two-way player in college, played with the basketball, defended a bunch of positions. I felt pretty good about him. Uh, becoming an NBA uh, player. Um, OG Ananobi is another one that I would mention. And then the last guy that I'll throw away here too, but, um, you know, he still went in the top 10 of the 2018 draft. I really do think Wendell Carter Jr., because he played next to Marvin Bagley in the top couple of picks of that 2018 draft was a little screwy because Aiden goes one, Bagley two, Doncic three somehow. 
And I just thought Carter should have been a, a was like a top five talent in that draft. And I think he's going to be a, a monster player. Um, and perhaps the Bulls making some uh, personnel moves this <laughs> week. Uh, perhaps that will that will help unlock uh, uh, WCJ's full potential. I had Brandon Clark too on my list. BG. That was uh, yeah. I don't know. I with in the modern game of NBA basketball, you know, it feels like a guy that can do all he can athletically and yeah. what he was going to bring to the table defensively. Uh, it, it feels like to me, it's kind of the same way I feel about uh, precious and I'm not even going to say his last name, right? Even though I did a, a deep dive. Chue-way. Yeah. Chue. I, I mean, I feel the same way about him. I just, I, I see what the offensive limitations are, but you know, he reminds me of Brandon Clark a little bit defensively. And I think that stuff's going to matter. So, anyways, the other guys on my list, on my list, probably the one that I felt strongest about that everyone seemed to think, yeah, man, I, we just think he's a late first rounder. Dante DiVincenzo. I just loved the way he played the game. He's a I, very that, good player. That Villanova team was my favorite Villanova. It was my favorite college basketball team ever. I mean, that I can really remember watching. Uh, and remembering a run of, they just played the game the the exact way I think that it should be played. I mean, that team was so much fun to watch. So I, I thought he was a top ten pick. He ends up going seventeenth or something like that, and he's he's obviously in a great situation in Milwaukee, and you know fits their style perfectly. But I think I think Divincenzo would have been successful in most places. I think I think he's that kind of player. Uh, Wes Awandu, I really liked him out of Kansas State. I, I remember talking about uh, him with you on a, on a pod in 2017, actually. Remember that yeah. specifically. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I loved him out of Kansas State. I liked how he yeah. you know, ran that offense. I liked his defensive upside, uh, which which is proven to be true. He's We'll see where, where he goes from here for Awandu, but he's in a great spot in Orlando, and he's, he's given them – uh, a lot off the bench consistently. I mean, he's a he's a tailor made Steve Clifford kind of guy. <laughs> Other one I had here. Go ahead. Just it's just a, it that means so many good things, but also some frustrating <laughs> things. Can't <laughs> shoot. Uh, you want to get the ball out of his hands as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I liked him just his energy level, and he's carved out an NBA career as like the 38th pick. So Eric Pascal. I just I know he was older for his age. Another Nova guy. Yeah, yeah, another Nova guy. I mean, that was what the 2009. No, that was yeah. Last he was, so he, yeah, yeah, so right. but he was he was on that 2018 team as well too. Right, it's right. it's nuts because like it, there may be no stars from that 2018 Nova team, but they're gonna have like six rotation players like Bridges, DiVincenzo, yep. Jalen Brunson, Spellman. Spellman and, and, and Pascal. I mean, talk about a, a just a stacked team. Yep, Pascal, another guy, another big who you know landed in a spot, Golden State. Uh, you know, the year they were awful, so he gets on the floor immediately, and he was probably one of their best players. I mean, just just a big, undersized for for a five. We'll see if he can end up playing four long term, but active, can play with the ball in his hands, can kind of play from that high post, top of the arc area, and create offense, and he can shoot it. I, I think he's going to end up having a pretty good career. So those are the ones I had written down. I mean, I can I can go farther back in 2012. I Here's a name for you, and he even over Justin Anderson, Perry Jones. Yeah, yes. I thought that he was like bulletproof as a prospect, and when he, I can remember when he went 28th, like I was like jaw on the floor, and uh, and obviously he's had some stuff happen that's 
Does he have pretty, North Carolina uh, ties? Am I am I imagining that? I think you're thinking of Quincy Miller, who okay. also played, played at Baylor yeah. with yeah, Quincy Miller, I believe, is from Winston Salem. Gotcha. Um, but played with with Perry at Baylor. Um, and had a cup of coffee with the the Nuggets and maybe someone else in the NBA too. Yeah, dude, I can even still remember there being uh, this is back in the Grantland days, one of those years that Durant was hurt for Oklahoma City and missed some time. And, and Perry Ellis had a he had a great game like the first week of the season. And I don't think it was low. Maybe it was someone else at Grantland wrote a big story on. Do the Thunder have another young gem in Perry Ellis? Look how long and versatile he is, you know? And uh, I can still, like, see that article. When I think of Perry Ellis, I think of that. I think of that very, that Grandland piece still years later. Okay, so to end the podcast, we're going to do something a little bit more fun, lighthearted here for this last segment. We're going to do a fantasy draft with fictional movie basketball characters. And what we are doing, we're selecting a three-on-three basketball team, and then we're going to have someone on the bench. So we're going to go four rounds here, and I just chose the random order of Brian going first, then Spencer, then myself, and we're going to go ahead and, and fill out our team. Now, there are some rules that we have come up with and stipulated so that we are kind of on the same page here. So first off, you can't pick a basketball player playing himself. So for example... No selection of Michael Jordan from Space Jam because he is playing himself in that movie or that TV show if you, if you want to go TV show route. Number two, the movie doesn't have to be a basketball movie itself. There just has to be a character in that movie as a basketball player. So if you want to go off the beaten path a little bit, uh, you can choose a movie that's not really technically considered a basketball movie, but that character does play basketball in that movie. Number three, you yourself on your roster cannot pick more than one player from any one movie. So if you choose someone from a basketball movie and there's multiple players on that team that you would like, uh, you can only choose one and ones that are available. So before we get into this, are you guys a big like sports movie type of like fanatics? I, I, I feel like I, when I watch movies, a lot of them are not sports related. I mean, what about you guys? Yeah, agreed. I, I, I'm not I'm not a big sports movie guy either. I like the sports movies that are, you know, are based on a true story. I'll, I'll watch those more so than I will, you know, a fictional film. So yeah, I'm not a big movie guy in general, though. Yeah, I, I, I never have been. I, I like having uh, the arts be an escape from sports, but I don't dislike sports. It is funny though if you, it, I'm sure you guys experience this too. It's like people assume because you like basketball, you like the Panthers or whatever, that like, uh, you know, everything, every, you must watch and see, every, consume every sports movie. Um, I feel like I get that a fair amount. People are like shocked when I haven't seen, uh, you know, movie X, Y, or Z. So, but no, they, I will watch sports movies, but I do not. It is, uh, it, they do, they are not a priority for me one way or the other. Yeah. I will say when I formed my uh, big board for in preparation for this show, I don't have enough players to kind of fill out these 12 picks so if if you guys choose all the ones on my list i'm gonna have to start making up characters or movies that i've not seen and just basing it off what others have seen so i'm hoping that there's a couple of characters on my list that you guys don't pick but with the first overall pick brian you're gonna go first go ahead and give the movie character uh and also uh present the movie as well 
Yeah, so first off, we here at the, the Guy Singer franchise, we were ecstatic when we found out we had the number one pick. We looked like the, the Pelicans sales team uh, when they realized that they were at the number one pick and they were going to get a draft Zion because I, my big board, it was such a no-brainer. I, I feel like this guy's the the LeBron James, the the Andrew Luck, the the Steven Strasbourg camp, you know, once-in-a-generation prospect. I got Jesus Shuttlesworth, played by Ray Allen from the movie He Got Game, directed by Spike Lee, a movie that features plenty of uh, contemporary players uh, like Travis Best, uh, who played at Georgia Tech, and in the NBA, he's in it as well. Uh, Rosario Dawson. Uh, you've got a phenomenal uh, theme song soundtrack for the movie, too. Uh, Rick Fox is in it as well. Uh, a couple different college coaches are, are featured, have like little cameos in it. And uh, I find this movie to be art- Denzel. It stars Denzel Washington yeah. as well. I mean, like you want to talk about one of the the you know the one of the legit super Hall of Fame superstars of of uh, modern cinema. But um, uh, Ray Allen, I think he's pretty good as an actor in this movie. And Jesus Shuttlesworth, like one of the coolest names in sports cinema history. And he just did like he's. He's an absolute. He's the number one recruit in the country, um, in the in the in the flick, and uh, yeah. So I've got Jesus Shuttlesworth, and he's my he's my cornerstone, my franchise that I'm building my three on three team around, uh, and I feel very strongly about uh, Jesus being able to carry me here. Yeah, I'll admit I've never seen this movie, Spencer. Have you have you seen He Got Game? I have. It's been a long time. I couldn't recite the movie to you. Right. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a while, but I. Look, Ryan, what a great pick. Congratulations <laughs> to you. He, he was the two-to-one favorite, and I bet on that, so I'm yeah. happy you went ahead and took him. So I'm going to win Perfect. two times here. Is he, a, uh, is he a high school player or a college player in this movie? I've, I've never seen him. He's a high school player at Lincoln High School, the Rail Splitters, which is is a real high school. That's where Stephon Marbury, Sebastian um, Telfair, Lance Stevenson, Lance, yeah. all those guys played for the, uh, the Splitters in high school, Coney Island. Sure. All right. Well, look, uh, that's what I expected. So I, yeah. I budgeted my big board with him not being there. Yeah. Um, I'm going with Billy Hoyle. Uh, you know, it feels like it feels like you can't miss here. Um, not the highest ceiling in the room, but <laughs> you know, I think just you, you can check all the boxes with him. Ultimate glue guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, a trailblazer with proving that in fact white men can jump uh, <laughs> in, in an instant case here, you know, here and there. Not not often, but, yeah. but sometimes it can happen. Um, so yeah, we're, we're super excited to make uh, Billy Hoyle our franchise glue guy. There you go. Yeah, he's the Dante, I, I, Dante DiVincenzo. Of, uh, that's right. You can't here. take him too high. You need those guys. Yeah, yeah. he's <laughs> definitely going to get overlooked. I think that when you put him on a on a team, he's going to get overlooked, and uh, he's going to surprise a lot of people. So he was definitely on my big board higher up on there. But I did have someone from that same movie, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and select him. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and select Sidney Dean, played by go. Wesley Snipes. Uh, yeah. He has a little bit more flair, a little bit more confidence than Woody Harrelson did in, in that movie. Uh, so with the third overall pick, I'm going to go with my ball handler here, Sidney Dean. Uh, I think he's going to bring a lot of confidence to my team. And with this draft being a snake draft, uh, I get to first pick in the second round. Now, go. I'm not sure if you guys have seen this movie. Uh, maybe you guys have. I'm going to go with... A player, an actual NBA player, 
He plays Neon Boudot. Yeah. Yes. Jack Neon Boudot. Neon Boudot. From Blue Chips. So Blue Chips, mm-hmm. I feel like it was ahead of its time, like in terms of like exposing some of the NCAA's uh, recruitment Sheesh. tactics and yeah. stuff like that. I don't think it was the best of movies or if that's what it really was going for. But the coach himself is conflicted. He feels like he's an honest man and he doesn't want to cheat the system and, and pay for players. But uh, he does have his first losing season of his career and that kind of changes him a little bit and he goes out and recruits uh some of these players and, and it kind of throws some cash their way so nick, I, nick nolte is the coach that's the okay. actor who plays okay. the coach nick nolte yeah. i think the, the the college is western university or something like that so yeah the so sharks. so neon's a little bit raw but you see him in the games he got, actually can handle the ball a little bit uh something that you don't really see from Shaq that all that often but he's just a force so i got yeah. my guard with Sidney Dean, and then I got Neon uh, working down low. So that, that's my Solid. first overall pick, yeah. Solid. All right. Um, I, well, I'm actually picking my superstar. I'm really excited about this one. Here we go. With my second overall pick here. And that is Prince from Chappelle Show. Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah. Mystical Prince. I really think that this this guy's got superstar potential in, t- in terms of basketball not movie characters this is a show obviously but i mean prince absolute legendary story um with what he did and serving up the pancakes and calling the game mm-hmm. to the blouses that night i mean it'll be an all-timer and and look we over here at uh you know in the percy franchise we believe in this in this legendary tale yes. and we're gonna bet on it so prince is our is our pick so we really we've got our wings filled out here billy hoyle is the two guard prince um, can be our, our our small forward, but really, like we said, he's going to do it all for us. He, he's going to be the twenty point a night kind of player. Really now, excited you, about that. You were almost not able to draft this player because the original rules stipulated movies, but we at the last second allowed TV characters. So I, yes. I, we will allow it. Uh, we will allow Prince. He was not on my big board mainly because I was sticking to movies. But you're fine, Spencer. You're fine there. Yeah. And uh, this is now the second time in the last calendar year that we've had a Prince reference on the show. If you remember <laughs> when we had Voice of the Hornets, uh, John Fokey come on with us last summer, uh, we asked him a question about, uh, he's actually been, he was, was invited to go to Prince's house one time, I believe after a, a Lynx championship game, if, I, if I'm recalling that correctly. So Correct. solid pick. A guy, really a renaissance man that can do it all. So that's a great pick. All right. Now I've got two coming up here, uh, snake style here. I feel a little, it's a little unoriginal, I think, to go to this, to dip into the same movie again. But since we've used White Man Can't Jump twice now, I hate to do it. But we're going to use blue chips again here. We got Butch McRae running point guard. I got Penny, that's right. I got Penny Hardaway and Ray Allen on the team here. Butch McRae is the uh, is the point guard uh, that is uh, a classmate of Shaquille yeah. O'Neal, Neon Badeau. He almost Lucius. left the team though, Brian. He, uh, do you question his commitment to your team? Because nah, he almost nah. transferred. <laughs> no, we're going best player available, and we feel very strongly that with with, with Butch, we've been able to we've been able to do that. Chicago product. Um, he just wants to come in and run some. One four high wants some pick and roll for us, and he and we think he and Jesus are going to be able to play off one another very, very nicely uh, on the wing and in the backcourt for us here. All right, so now my next pick, got to build up the front, build out the front court a little bit here, and uh, I've got some shooters and I got some some playmakers, some guys that need the basketball. 
uh, already in the uh, on the on the wing and in the backcourt for me. So we're going from the movie semi pro. We're taking Jackie Moon as like a Sabonis level no. frontcourt no. facilitator passer. Um, send it to the blender. He's going to get it back out. Um, I just gonna, I just called your phone to ask what you were doing with this pick. I was interested <laughs> in trading. You didn't answer. Oh, Why didn't so, you answer? Man, sorry. Moon. Oh, man, I would have loved to have seen it. It would have actually been great if we could have had some wheeling and dealing going on in our little 12 Maybe, maybe after here. the fact. After the fact, maybe. I don't know. That's true. <laughs> no, that's true. Now, to be clear, there was a teammate of Jackie Moon's that I, I was leaning towards taking, but, I, again, I needed to build out. I need a low-usage front court guy, handle the glass, facilitate the offense, and uh, I feel like I've even got, like, a future executive at Jackie Moon, like a guy that, uh, you know, I can go to down the road for, for personnel decisions and stuff like that. So Jackie Moon is my number three pick uh, here in the, the basketball movie draft. Uh, I wish yeah. you would answer your phone. I was going to – it was a godfather package, but – Lines, are, lines are busy here. I got, I'm wheeling and dealing, you know. I'm wheeling and dealing here. All right. Well, we were going to save this one for later, but um, now I'm just going to go ahead and take my point guard. Um, I'm taking Teen Wolf. I mean, you talk right. about, I mean, just yeah. dynamic talent can do it all. Mm-hmm. Eyes, I think, literally in the back of his head. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going. I'm going Teen Wolf. <laughs> going to set the table uh, for our offensive attack, and he can jump over everybody inside the yeah. arc. So he's going to be a problem at the rim too. All right, so I'm going to round out my team here with the last pick of the third round and the first pick of the fourth round here. I'm going to go, well, I guess it doesn't really matter, but I will start off by selecting Jimmy Chitwood from the Hoosiers. Uh, Uh, The top movement shooter in this draft, I feel like. Yes, ultimate floor spacer here. I don't know if it matters (laughs) as much with a three-on-three team as much as it would as as a five-on-five team, Uh, but I'm going to take him. Really good shooter, lights out. Not athletic. Maybe the only issue I have with him is maybe his desire. He did not originally want to play for this team, Mm, almost like your pick, Brian, in blue chips with Penny Hardaway there. So I'm going to go with Jimmy Chitwood uh, in terms of just spacing the floor. He's my guy. And then I'm going to go ahead and round out my team with the first pick in the fourth round. Uh, This is an animated character. I'm going to go with Pound. He is uh, Charles Mm. Barkley's alien uh, in Space Jam. Oh, He scored 37 points. This was actually someone that actually tracked the box score of the Space Jam game. Did not miss a shot. Had six steals. This is the guy that I'm going to have a round out, and he's going to be on my bench, and I'm going to be able to insert him. And, you know, his his powers as an alien in Space Jam were just unreal. So I have rounded out my team, and now, Spencer, you are on the clock. All right, sorry. I was doing some last-second scouting there. But um, (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to... I'm gonna go Lewis Scott, Celtic pride here. I, I you know, mm. I, I, I mulled over this one. I wanted a big, but you know, three on three, I think we can get away with it. You know, if you can't stay in front of us, you're gonna be in trouble. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna pull Jackie Moon away from the rim, uh, almost <laughs> at will, and go at him. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Lewis Scott with this pick, and I, I I like the positional versatility that that my my squad has. That's uh, that's solid. So it's to me here for the last pick in the draft, correct? Do I have that? That is correct. The last pick, pick here. All right. So I mulled over some some very serious names. Um, I considered Troy Bolton of Zach, like Zach, Zach Efron's character from High School Musical. I considered Ty Crane 
uh, the superstar of the Coach Carter movie, played on the mm-hmm. rival team. I considered Sandy Lyle, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman in Along Came Polly, old school, white chocolate. Considered all of those guys. Um, Not Masters champion Sandy Lyle. No, no, no. Okay. Yes. No, this is a, <laughs> a fictional, fictional Sandy Lyle Hill. I even considered Stacey Patton from the, the Whoopi, Go- Whoopi Goldberg movie, Eddie, played by Malik Seeley, a movie that has an incredible number of cameos, including some good ones to Tobacco Road. You got Muggsy, Rick Fox, Vinny Del Negro, J.R. Reed, Brad Doherty. I needed a floor spacer. And uh, I went deep. This is this is my, like, uh, this is my, like, my, like, my European draft and stash guy here, um, even though the movie is Escape from L.A., but I've got Kurt Russell as Snake as my floor spacer here. Um, if you've seen the basketball scene in Escape from L.A., it is one of the worst scenes in cinema history. I can assure <laughs> you that. Um, but Snake clearly has good clutch efficiency numbers. He doesn't miss a shot when his back is almost literally against the wall. And he hits both a half-court shot and a full-court full shot to save his life and escape from L.A. So we are going with Snake as the final pick, our very unathletic force facer uh, here in the, uh, the the fictional movie movie basketball draft. All right, I want to open this up. Did, did you guys have anyone on your board that went undrafted? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, mm-hmm. and shout out a player. It was not a basketball movie, and I was almost tempted to take him, but I, I could not pass up Pound here. Uh, have any of you guys seen Finding Forrester, the movie? It's great. It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what was that guy's name? Wallace, I believe, was his last name. You know, he mm-hmm. definitely was a, a character in the movie that I feel like was probably more studious and he was a great writer and he meets up with, um, you know, the, the character, I forgot his name, but he's played by Sean Connery. And so I, I don't, it's not a basketball movie by any means. I feel like, you know, less than 2% of the movie is basketball, but he does play in some basketball games. I almost drafted him uh, to round out my roster. Are there any other characters out there that you might've drafted? Uh, I was very close to draft field bad turning my back on one of my favorite musicians of all time um andre 3000 as clarence withers aka coffee black aka downtown funky stuff malone also from semi-pro um is one of the most more talented players i suppose in that movie and then off the board a little bit to a guy that really should have been drafted i think he's the most talented player that wasn't drafted in this i'll even go go far that it's going to go that far to say this but um from the movie above the rim tommy shepherd if you've ever seen that movie with tupac wood harris uh, but he's played by leon robinson who also played david ruffin in the temptations movie if you've ever seen that on, on vh1 as i did as a child uh but tommy shepherd i mean the the like cj mccollum levels shooter from the mid-range and he went undrafted by i absolutely had to consider uh Tommy Shepard, and I think it's a bit of an upset because also starring in that movie Above the Rim, one of the actors is Wood Harris, who also plays uh, Julius in Remember the Titans. He plays, uh, he also plays Avon Barksdale from The Wire, where he's also a pretty good basketball player himself as well. But I believe Wood Harris is sort of known or was known uh, to be one of the better hoopers in Hollywood. Um, so a bit of an upset that we didn't get Wood Harris as one of these selections in here. I feel like everybody from my big board was pretty much um, was pretty much off here. The, the character you took from Space Jam, Richie, that was was that which one was that? 
He was obviously on the Monstars team, but he took the yeah. place of Charles Barkley. He stole see his the, talents. You see, the, you see the green one? The I know he's orange. Green. He's orange. The green orange. one I think was Bradley. Not, Bradley not didn't. The biggest one though, right? There was yeah. there was one that was even no. bigger, right? He was not yeah. tall. He was just round, like uh, Charles yeah. Barkley. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So the other Space Jam character that I, I don't know the name of because right. I didn't do research on him, but he was in the back of my mind. Yeah. If, I, if I needed to reach, I, I was going to reach for the big monster. But um, no, everybody else was off the board. Jesus Shuttlesworth was the one I didn't expect yeah. to be there that, that, that Brian took. So mm-hmm. good stuff. Now, how do we simulate this? That's the next one. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, we got to get the uh, the listeners to judge our teams. I mean, my, my yeah. wife was like, I don't understand why you guys are doing this. What are you guys gaining out of this? Like, who's, who's going to judge this? So hopefully the listeners can take a look at our rosters and see which team would win that three-on-three yeah, three battle. We can poll. We'll poll it tomorrow yeah, we'll morning, poll it. huh? Okay. Yeah. yeah, we'll do that. All right. Um, we'll figure out offline while we're betting on it. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that segment. Thanks again for tuning in to another Buzz Beat. We will see you guys next time. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.